The Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Cerventi. Hey, hey. Craig. Hey, Mike. Hi, listeners. How you doing? Multiple listeners. Yeah. Um, we hope I, well. I'm Mike. This is a, a podcast where me and my friend Craig talk about Hello. movies that are... Pretty good, but not quite there. Yeah, mostly okay. Not quite yeah, great. And try and understand what it is that prevents them from being great. What specifically, when you walked out of the movie and it just didn't quite sit right, there was something just not quite off. What what was it? What was missing? What went wrong? Uh, and the po- title of the podcast, I should mention that, is called Verging on Greatness. Uh, Hello. And um, one thing we have done a few times on this podcast is talk about movies. Uh, which we challenge ourselves we like to we don't like to kind of kind of just sit back and and ride along we want to make things difficult for ourselves so we want to um do some pretty good movies 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 that are uh uh one might say the best the best picture uh, the best of, picture of a particular winner. year best picture oscar winners yeah um and so so this year we're going to go all the way back to 1941 and we're going to talk about a best picture winner that won against what is arguably described as the best movie of all time. Yeah. How green was my yeah. valley. Um, and I'm going to say not very green. Um, it's in black and white. So. <laughs> yeah. It was they, gray. They really it was should a very have, gray valley. They really should have, yeah. should have gotten that gotten that right. <laughs> the, the, the theme was all there in the name, the color theme. It really was. They didn't have yeah. much to... They didn't have much to... to, to Get that right. It was the forties, mate. Boiled things were all the rage, so grey was fine. So what are the, we've done? I think we've done two best picture winners, right? Because we did Slumdog Millionaire and we did Shakespeare we did. in Love. Did we do any? And others? we did Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Um, we've done Oscar winners, but we haven't, or nominees at least. Yeah. But I think I think this is our third Oscar best Oscar, yeah, this, Oscar winner in the subgenre so. subgenre of verging on greatness movies of best picture winners. <laughs> This best is, picture this winner. is number three but this is the i mean this is the i mean the ultimate in in best picture winner um, slash fraudulence. maybe shouldn't have won yeah, yeah that's right uh, uh yeah. the um to 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 win against yes as you've said the what movie that's widely regarded as if you had to pick it's, one best movie or i think made. it's still I think if you go into IMDb, I think it is still number one. I could be wrong. Um, ah, it's 96. At one point, it was the best film. On, um, well, maybe not. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, according to IMDb, is still the best movie ever. Um, but yeah, it's it's widely regarded as one of the best, yeah. best films. It appears on a lot of... I mean, yeah, IMDb is one thing. It appears on a lot of experts' lists. Um I'm not look well, it up, it's just yeah, one of the, it's, all... it's one of the most influential films of all time. I think, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we can talk about Citizen Kane at the end, I suppose, but um, it is it is widely regarded as one of the best films of all time. Certainly, the one of the most influential films of all time. Yeah. If you haven't seen Citizen Kane, you have undoubtedly heard things uh, like you know film nerds yeah. you know whispering rosebud to each other. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the the, the highest. Um, one of the most influential movies of all time and it lost 
to this movie yeah and somehow and, and as well uh another brilliant movie maltese falcon was was in the yep. same batch it was it was um running in the same year it was um and you mentioned and, uh, you mentioned sergeant york as well sergeant york as well which was the which was the odds on favorite at the time this movie came out you know gary cooper sergeant york true life story mm. american war hero um if you don't know about sergeant york um there's a, a great article on cracked about him uh he he basically single-handedly captured an entire battalion of troops that's not not um figuratively speaking that's literally speaking he literally did it by himself mm. um captured an entire battalion of troops he was uh, and he was he was a he was a hero when america didn't really have a lot of their own heroes um certainly not not like the kind of heroes they have today which are fabricated in many in many ways but this was a real life guy who did an amazing who did a at the time very amazing thing Hmm. um i mean it was the tail end of the war those germans might have surrendered to a to a candy bar and and promise of a beer um but he it's a i mean it's the kind of film that hollywood loves and it's i feel yeah i feel good a feel good war a feel good film starring a, a major star um in a in a film that should have been a shoe in for best picture and so that was um, so that was at the time that was kind of rated more highly than yep any of the i think that was the list. yeah i think that it, i think the um the pundits at the time definitely fancied sergeant york mm. as as the winner for best picture that's interesting i i would have i would have sworn yeah if not citizen kane the the, Malt- mm. the maltese falcon which is the which is the, the the movie that's endured in that list in addition to citizen kane yeah i mean the maltese falcon is the maltese falcon you've obviously i haven't actually seen the maltese falcon mm. um criminally uh, but i'm assuming that you're you have and and it is quite yeah. it's worthy of talking about yeah it's humphrey bogart it's like a yeah. it's like a, a film noir mystery um yeah it's amazing a really really gripping quite fast paced story particularly for this uh time um right I, f- I forget the details of it. it's probably 20 years ago that i watched it but i, I remember i remember being you know th- thinking yeah this this holds up this is time in, oh, in, okay. the same, so like, in the same vein as Ca- like Casablanca like it's right um yeah it's, it's enduring and it, it feels modern like it never feels like okay. you're watching a movie that's 80 years old boy that was not how green was my valley <laughs> how green yeah how, how green was my valley is the the cinema going experience of Oof. being in a being in a room with with an 80 year old I, I described it, um, I mean, watching paint dry is, is probably mm. applicable to how yeah. green was my valley. I, I was, I was fascinated, but at the same time I was getting high on the fumes. Yeah. So. You feel, you feel yeah. every year of, of how green was oh. my valley. It is, it is not, it has not aged well. <laughs> no, it has not. I mean, um, cl- clearly made at a time when they were looking at uh, so it's it's interesting for me to watch it thinking it's made in 1941 it's set another 40 years earlier so it's turn of the century wales mm. um and i'm not sure when child labor laws started to come into full effect um in america but it it definitely happily portrays um 
children as coal miners, which I thought was mm. just fascinating. But so it is an American movie, but it's yeah, it's yeah, and, set, and, and, and it set, presumably set was in filmed Wales. and was filmed in Wales. No, it was filmed in Santa Barbara. So they they <laughs> reconstructed a Welsh mining town in Santa Barbara. Oh wow! So uh, so originally I, I looked into this. So. Um, John Ford, the legendary director, John Ford, originally wanted to shoot this in Technicolor and in Wales, mm. um, but the studio wasn't having it. Also, World War II was currently kind of going on, um, and they said, no, no, uh, you're filming this stateside. So they reconstructed mm. a Welsh village in, um, in Santa Barbara, so... And then cast a whole bunch of English and Irishmen um, <laughs> to be Welsh. <laughs> I think I think there's only I read in the trivia that there's one there is one Welsh actor and they're playing a minor part. So I don't know how Wales as a country feels about this film and whether it is an authentic portrayal of of, of a Welsh mining village. But I suspect the fact that most of them are English or Irish probably does not sit well with them. I wonder how many Welsh were even living in Santa Barbara at the time, much less Welsh oh. actors. I don't know. Gosh. They certainly hit the stereotypes early. It's um, there's, there's a good five minutes of film before there's actually any spoken or diegetic dialogue. There's plenty of voiceover narration. And there's at least five minutes of choir singing mm. uh diegetic choir singing before anyone opens their mouth to talk about anything so yeah this, yeah this it's film mate it's a good it's a good movie if you dig it if you dig a sing along oh isn't it if you love a male choir yeah this there's, movie a, is there's, for a, you. there's a um a certain kind of rocky horror picture show quality to it if you re- <laughs> you're really into it you could go along and just sing along to all the tunes <laughs> absolutely you can turn it into a drinking game every time someone every time a welsh choir starts up uh clutch your clutch your dragon and, and scull your beer i would yeah. should, should we should we dig into the movie or should we explain how this actually came to win oh i don't know how this won but um it it, it did win and uh there are still movie directors around today that barely around today clint eastwood thinks that this is his favorite film hmm. um but you know hey it's clint eastwood so i guess i guess i'm thinking the the story of how how citizen kane was uh dismantled essentially oh by walter hurst by hurst randolph hurst sorry not walter hurst everyone's walter to me today yeah i don't know why everyone's walter yeah, there isn't even anyone called walter it is a Walter kind of a day. Uh, it's clear that we haven't done this in a while, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has been a little while. Uh, you folks and you folks in Radioland, um, it's only been that we should be releasing this within about a month of the last one. So on our usual schedule, but it has been a good it has been a good two, maybe three months since Craig and I yeah. spoke. We we managed to we managed to build up quite a, a back catalogue um, uh, because of the various lockdowns for the uh covid pandemic and so we were able to take a mm. two-month break effectively between our last recording and this so craig incidentally getting off topic here craig lives in london and i live in auckland and new zealand um we've we've, we've just gone into lockdown as well and you're still in lockdown we're right? still in another couple lockdown. of weeks a couple of weeks yeah to go? yeah so we've been in lockdown since um christmas 
Um, oh, and we boy. are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we are, we've been given a roadmap back out because we are just getting through um, a vaccination program and we are aiming to be out of lockdown in some shape or form in April. And we're recording this in February. Holy very smokes. Tail end of you're February. you're yeah. making me feel like a real dick now because we, we had four <laughs> days of lockdown about a week ago and we've just started another week. Another week, yeah. yeah. We, 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 Amy and I, uh, my wife Amy and I, we, we're finding it interesting because on social media, we've been watching people melt down in real time on social media back home about the, the various lockdowns. So um, we'll we'll see somebody get very upset that they're going into a, a three or four day lockdown, and then we will uh, we'll just we'll just you know usually comment something to the effect of like oh coming to you live from day four hundred and thirty of the, of the London <laughs> oh, lockdown. Geez. <laughs> so London, London has more or less been in in some form of restriction or lockdown since March of 2020, um, <sighs> and whether that's like full on stay at home, don't leave the house, or whether that is you can't be more than two people in a closed space. Uh, one of you has to have a Union Jack tattooed on your arm, and one of you has to look like Boris Johnson. Um, there's been some kind of regulation about mm. movement and congregation since March of last year. Um, also, the UK has one of the highest death rates per hundred per million, and, or if not the highest in the world. Um, and we uh, we crossed a grim milestone of, of over a hundred thousand dead because of COVID. So, when you look at it between what New Zealand and what the UK have done, New Zealand wins. You guys are you guys are vaccinating like like it's going out of fashion yeah um i've never been never been more happy to be um over over 40 years of age uh, than i have been because um they are now they've been cracking out those vaccinations so fast we originally thought that because uh, my wife amy and i are besides um being in lockdown of healthy age uh, we're, we're reasonably healthy and we have no underlying conditions um luckily um, so we were originally being told that we were going to get our vaccinations sometime in uh, the earliest they were saying was June, July. Mm. Um, but now um, they've been cracking out those vaccinations so fast and that apparatus has grown so, so mighty that now they're talking, um, I will be able to get a vaccination or I should be offered a vaccination in April. So uh, oh, wow. we'll be yeah, moving, cracking along. Um, I know two people in country who have been who've had their vaccination so and then you can you can storm around like mark Wahlberg and contagion <laughs> yeah that's right i can i can get out and, and kick down doors uh, mark Wahlberg, um uh, uh not mark Wahlberg. um contagion who was it it is mark Wahlberg, isn't it is it no it's um it's ben affleck or is it matt know. damon matt damon Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Matt Damon. Yeah, Boston accent, it's the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch a movie. Could you imagine Mark Wahlberg in a movie like that? That'd be that'd be amazing. I want to watch that movie so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. Anyway, um, oh, anyway we've gotten yeah. well off topic. Oh, and we got a cat. So if you hear a cat running around in the podcast, that that's, that's Dottie. Say hello to Dottie cats. So. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, so Citizen Kane, um, again, for those of you who haven't seen it, is, is a, a really fantastic movie. Um, 
made by uh, uh, first movie made by Orson Welles, who went on to make a bunch of other brilliant movies. Never quite hit the same dizzying height as Citizen Kane, um, which is kind of the interesting interesting story of Orson Welles the person. But um, the, the movie uh, is, and there's some there's a, a really good movie about the movie uh, called RKO Two Eight One, which came out in '99, and there's another one called Mank. Uh, which is yep. specifically about the writer and that's that mm-hmm. so that's out right and that's on netflix yeah that's on netflix and that came um, out last year yeah the tail end of last year mm. it's uh, and th- we're recording this pre any announcement of any um oscar nominees for for the weird for the weird year that will be the 2021 oscars um but it's about mankowitz mm. the the writer behind um citizen king mm. so so there's um, a, a couple of pretty good dramatizations to watch about this story uh, if you're interested um, but it's yeah it's a fascinating story because the the, the movie that they chose to make um th- they chose to make a, a movie specifically about a, a very well-known um media personality and and the the disastrous private life um that he led um and it was it was very thinly veiled. It was quite obvious at the time that it was about him, and that person, William Randolph Hearst, used his influence to basically uh, scuttle the movie. Just he just just closed it down. There was no media about it. Um, it was it was not highly promoted. I don't know how how many people even saw it. Um, so yeah, and and you've got to imagine this is a time before like um, social media or the internet where people like. William Randolph Hearst basically controlled what you read, um, and newspaper was king yeah. for dissemination of information. Yeah, we talk It'd about we talk like, about Rupert Murdoch controlling the news now, but it was yeah, nothing was better. William Randolph Rupert Hearst Murdoch. in nineteen yeah. forties. Yeah, but Rupert Murdoch is kind of un, like by modern standards, at least Rupert Murdoch is kind of undercut by the internet and yeah. social media, which look to Australia at the minute with with rupert murdoch um heavily backing the australian liberal liberal government to have a go at social media because he feels like he's not getting a big enough cut of the pie mm. and he's complaining that no one person should control the media facebook <laughs> uh but it's 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 rupert murdoch you own yeah. most of the news so yeah get out of town rupert murdoch you're a scumbag but yeah and so that's um, so that's really in a nutshell that's the that's the story of Citizen Kane. I mean, I don't know how uh, at at the time it was it was way ahead of its time. It was it was radical at the time. You watch it, yeah. you watch it now, and it's and it feels modern. It feels like some art school kid made it today. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 wild. It's it's it it still feels out there. It still feels fresh. I can't imagine when you're comparing it to movies like how green was my valley it, it oh. must have just seemed bonkers it must have been it must have been really wild, wild for people in yeah for people in 1940 or 1941 to watch citizen kane it must have felt i can't even think it, it must have felt like the most avant-garde new wave cinema film to come out it mm. must have just been the equivalent of you know some french art house mm. film you know with with five minutes of black screen and and a soundtrack of the rain falling um it just must have been absolutely bonkers so it's it's possible that it was simply too far ahead of its time it's possible that 
there there was as as with Shakespeare and Love a certain degree of vote splitting because there were so many strong films in the field, mm. um, and that 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 helped this happen. But it's you look back on it and you think, man, this was an this was a, a real injustice, and particularly uh, now having watched how green was my valley, um, and um made my way made our way through that um that is that i'm not is gonna all lie the, all the more to, apparent I, i'm not gonna lie i had to watch this movie in in two chunks over two nights i watched the first hour on one night and then i watched the second hour on another night because i struggled to get through this yeah so you you mentioned so the start it's 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 a slow it's a slow burn at the start and oh, it's, it's start, a slow burn it's very it's <laughs> it sets up the it sets up the idyllic scene uh, and it really and, and uh, to be fair it, it 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 does look pretty idyllic it looks nice it's not green but except for all that belching smoke in the background like <laughs> well it's but they dial it back right there's like they're saying this is what it was like before it all got horrible. <laughs> There was a certain before it all um, got horrible, and they opened a coal mine in my valley. I actually, yeah, I, I, I wrote a note to myself: Hobbiton with smoke. <laughs> there's a certain kind of there's rolling hills and oh. low brick fences. Uh, yeah, uh, neat little houses. houses kind of houses kind of nestled. They're not quite underground in the same way that all the hobbit holes are, but they're they're nestled into this hillside, and it it's. It's beautiful. It's lovely. The singing is lovely. Sure. It, it sounds like a hill that you could, you know, a hill that you could run up and down and live on and have a pretty good life. And I then mean, from yeah, there, I guess. from there, things kind of just slowly get worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it definitely the, the starts moral... off. It starts off at its peak, like this is peak perfection or the peak utopia, and then rapidly goes downhill so it's yeah and i don't know what i don't know what possessed someone to make that movie to think you know what would be great if it's, a movie that started yeah. out really well so many you know someone so many movies nowadays Let's, it starts out really bad and it's a story of someone achieving success what if the I movie was started say, out was, great and what about what about hold on hold on mike here's my idea for a film what about we start with the happy ending <laughs> and we work our way backwards to the ship beginning how about that? It's kind of like so. some memento sort of thinking about the order in which oh a movie should play out. It starts, it will have the good at the beginning and it'll just progressively get worse and worse and worse. And then I was, I, I said this off air, but it had real vibes of like, um, um, uh, oh, it's that film with Anthony Hopkins and Brad Pitt. And Legends of the Fall. Else's. Legends of the Fall. Thank you. Um, it, it feels it feels like a, a, a 1941 equivalent of Legends of the Fall, where it kind of starts off idyllic and and rapidly goes downhill as the film goes on until Brad Pitt's fighting a bear. So um, <laughs> it it, feel, it feels like that. It's it's that got that kind of vibe to it. So it's it's interesting. And the the interesting, opening he says with air quotes. The opening is it is enjoyable. I liked it. It had a certain sort of Godfather quality to it. It's very long. It's very slow, and it opens with a wedding. Um, it does. And, and, a, and a big party at the at the house so the so it's 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 about a family who live in a welsh mining town um and uh there are six so six boys and one girl in this family <laughs> and it focuses on the youngest 
the narrate it's narrated Hugh. by Hugh, who was the youngest of the boys, and he's considerably yeah. younger than any of the other boys. What's he like? Nine, yeah, yeah, gosh, eight or nine, yeah. and then and then all of the, yeah, the rest of the boys are all men. They're all kind of eighteen grown ups. Yeah, they're all yeah. Grown they've up, all so. got five o'clock shadows. You, so, yeah, I mean, you feel all... like you feel like Hugh might have been a bit of an accident. <laughs> Late in life, <laughs> how, how she could pop out another child? That poor woman. So. Yeah. Um, so it's a big family and all, all of the males, there's, so there's one daughter whose name is, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce these names, Ang Harid. Um, and then there are, there are, um, five working age sons plus the dad who works and they all work in the mine. All of the men work in the mine. And then there's Ang Harid and the mum whose name is Beth. Um, and they, they keep house. And then at the end of the day, all of these, all of these, uh, men they come home and they all get they all have a big clean up uh and then they all they have a nice nice family dinner and it's and it's 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 beautiful idyllic family scene seemingly um, seemingly a whole side of beef every night yeah like yeah and then one of the first so one of the first things that actually happens that disrupts this idyllic life is um so the arrival of bronwyn from a nearby village who's been sent along to marry i presume he's the oldest brother um yeah the 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 eligible the most eligible son yeah marry her off the most eligible son so he's he's ivor um and so like i say so the the beginning is her arriving and uh there i I guess you it's not a really a romance it's just an arranged marriage it's hey yeah hi i mean mean, they both get like picture book picture book good look um, out of the deal so I mean they can't be too yeah. sad yeah. could be married off to the to you know Dibando or something like, <laughs> he's hardly a pretty man he's hardly an oil painting one <laughs> of the first about, bits of Dibando you'll hear more, <laughs> more about, about Dibando later, later. Um, one of the uh, one of the first spoken lines in this film is it, like the the movie opens and it's a good five minutes of film time before as we said before there's any diegetic um, dialogue uh, but one of the first lines is, I, ne- I never knew my father to tell a lie or say a wrong thing. Um, and my first note was basically, boy, the internet's going to ruin that relationship. So, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the moon, it's made of cheese, boy. Uh, let me just check that for you, Dad. <laughs> nope, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just over the yonder and you can hit it with a slingshot. Yeah, no, yeah. several, several thousand miles. You screwed up there yeah you, you've never known your father to tell a lie because you're nine he's, he's told <laughs> yeah, you hundreds you can't prove him wrong you, you don't have a you don't have a phone you were brought by a stork during a tv break uh, <laughs> no, uh, really wasn't <laughs> so they have this wedding so the thing that the the further disruption happens at the wedding because there is a new priest in town oh his, the hot priest his name is griffin uh, a new hot priest New hot priest. Um, he's got a he's got a certain kind of Gregory Peck um, look but about he's not. him. What's his what's what's his name? Walter Pigeon. Walter Pigeon. Yeah, he's been in everything. Um, but, um, yeah, discount, uh, discount. Uh, what was his name? What did you call? Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Yeah, discount Gregory Peck. Yeah, very much in that in that kind of that kind of mold that movie that nineteen forties. Um, leading man leading yeah. man Cary Grant yeah. Um, yeah and and uh, straight away he um, he meets Ang Harrod the sister and and they are obviously 
uh, digging on each other. They are hot for each other. <laughs> she be she be Myron. <laughs> oh my god! You may as well just like you may as well just like paint Tex his... Avery eyes on him and like with the wolf and like the eyes popping out of the skull. Well, he's 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 yeah, over twice her, he, he's over twice her age, so that's that was accepted in real that's, life. That's yeah, how... he's like forty three or forty four, and she was yeah. twenty. That's how they so. that's how they played in those days. They really did. Oh yeah, and she's played by uh, Maureen O'Hara. Um, yeah, who was yeah who went on to to be in everything for the next 50 years yeah so so yeah a couple of pretty good so there's a de- there's a decent pedigree in the cast um, i did i did um i did make a note here um about uh about the pair of them especially with the the two female leads um or the young leads uh, anna lee and um maureen o'hara um that it's glamour shots galore is my literal oh yeah literal um uh, note glamour shots galore and he is in sharp sharp focus so there's a, a sh- it's very old school filmmaking and, and wherever possible they shoot this film with two people in frame so they have their dialogue it's set like a stage play which is one of the reasons this feels so um old compared to modern films where you would where you would intercut dialogue happening between two characters you'd cut between them um whereas in this film like for wherever possible the camera is locked off and then, the, the, then like a stage play, the dialogue or the action happens within the frame of the camera. Um, but in the few shots where they where they do cut between two, she is ba- they've basically gone and smeared Vaseline all over the lens of the camera. Yeah. And she is shot in this glowing, uh, radiant sort of a light. And he is crystal clear, sharp as a knife yeah. focus. And, um, I mean, they, they do that all the way up until the seventies effectively, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's something like, I kind of like about school. that. There's something old school about that, that I, that I like. About it's that, charming. Yeah. That, that kind of money, yeah. sh- that money shot. I'm ready for my class. That money now. shot. Yeah. Uh, look, I kept, I kept what I kept wanting, like a, a naked gun moment where Leslie Nielsen would then sort of reach out and rub a schmutzy bit off the camera <laughs> <laughs> and go, ah, there, that's better. <laughs> Clean that right up for but you. It's, and it's uh, amazing that they do this because look, Maureen O'Hara is no side of beef. She's a she's a good looking well, she's a good looking woman. She's a she's a good looking lady. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's about so that's about fifteen or so minutes into the movie, and so that's that's your that's your happy, your yeah. your idyllic scene setting done, and now it all. Yeah now it all starts turning to custard so uh and naturally um the the boogeyman uh the evil that enters is socialism um, <laughs> the, the cause cause of all of the downfall everything that goes wrong in Not- this town including the 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 uh the the women sullying their reputations it's it all comes back is to socialism, socialism. yeah not not the evil coal miners that worked out that they can get labor cheaper and pay their employees less. Yeah. Um, not not them at all. No. Those socialists. So, yeah, those so they, socialists. So they uh, yeah, it's revealed that the the bosses at the mine are reducing the wages for the workers. Um, and uh, many of the brothers want to form a union. Um, but the dad Gwillem, Gwillem Senior, there's also a there's a brother called one of the brothers is called Gwillem, but Gwillem Senior, the dad, um, 
is, is against unions that he says that's socialism and he's determined not to go down that path um and 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 carry on working and accept the lower wages um and and eventually some of the um so the sons the sons walk out they they leave yeah. the house um so there's yeah all five all five of them walk out so it's only Hugh and Ang Harad oh uh Ivor's already left so four of the the the, the four remaining sons working age sons they all leave because they are um because they're going on strike they're going on strike yeah so they go on they go on strike and there's a um you know a, a, a sequence um they're having meetings and um Gwillem is still going to work but all of the strikers think he's a scab um he gets a yep. rock through his window uh they have they have a meeting on the on a hill out in the country. Um, the Beth goes along and she tells them all they're all a bunch of silly boys and socialists and they should all just go back to work. Um, and then on the way home, she um, falls into some ice. It's a cold, wintry night. She falls into, into some Barbara. ice and um, Hugh has to jump in and try and save her and they both nearly freeze to death. Um, Hugh winds up crippled and he winds up spending the next... Um, twelve minutes or so of the film in bed. Um, as was it he, only twelve minutes? It felt like a lifetime. It is. It is only twelve minutes. Um, <laughs> wow. I have no idea what I... happens in those twelve minutes. I haven't made any notes between <laughs> twenty-three and thirty-five minutes of the film. Um, I think I wrote here priest and physio. Yeah. At twenty-three <laughs> minutes, I've written the note: son crippled? Question mark. And then at thirty-five minutes, I've written recovered. <laughs> i um by this point in the film i had noted that any and every chance they could use to cut to a choir a group of men singing they took and um i noted that uh, like every time someone started singing i would i would say and get with the singing so um uh, he I, i've got here um he's a teacher a wedding um the wedding of course there's a song uh, he's a teacher too. What can't he do? Kids assaulted. Get with the singing. So that's uh... <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, it's, could, it's fantastic. I think I, I cut ahead. Fridge. But yeah, physio, physio, and priest. So yeah. there you go. Um. So o- over the course of his recovery, uh, it's like a, a yeah, it's nearly, it's like half a year because it's now sp- it's spring, and the strike breaks. They come to an agreement. Um, the sons will move home and they have a big party. Um, they do. At the party, there is uh, an argument breaks out at the party because there's a nasty priest who's um, telling them all off um, for um, being socialists. Wanting wanting more when they were originally paid more and then their wages were reduced for arbitrary reasons, profit profit reasons. Yeah, how dare they? So, how dare they want? Uh, so, uh, want he's like a he's like life. a caricature caricature of a nasty priest, um, and he he chalk and cheese to the to the handsome uh, Swiss so Army the hot knife. priest. Uh, yeah, Swiss uh, Army knife. Absolute um, master of everything, priest um, Griffith. Now, we talked about this off air just before um, just before we we started the podcast. We described. Um, uh, the character played by Walter Pidgeon, 
Uh, oh, not Walter Pigeon. Is Walter Pigeon? Yeah, it is Walter Pigeon. Um, yeah, Walter Pigeon. We talked about Mr. Walter Pigeon being the Swiss Army knife of the script. So he is everything. He is everything the script wants him to be in whatever scene he happens to be in. Need a physio? Uh, Walter Pigeon. Uh, need a need need a teacher? Walter Pigeon. Need a life coach? Walter Pigeon. Uh, he's everything at all times to everyone. Need a hot need a hot priest love interest? Walter Pigeon. Yeah. So. This priest is amazing. There's nothing he can't do. The Lord works in mysterious ways, Mike. Yeah, some some people just <laughs> some people just receive all of the blessings. They sure do, and a lantern jaw. <laughs> what a jaw! <laughs> That's the kind of jaw you break your hand on. And you try to punch him in the face and just crack. Ah, oh, and, and what does he what does he get for it? A hot woman, twenty four years his junior, uh, that he can't Maureen O'Hara he can't get with. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So the 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 strike is settled, but um, soon afterwards, the they start the the miners the mine owners are at it again, and they are um, essentially they they just stop paying uh, two of the brothers because mm. um, essentially they're too experienced. They earn too much, and the they um, they can get cheaper labor, labor elsewhere, inexperienced labor. Um, people who are willing to work for less um, to do essentially what they need to do. And so they, so two of the brothers, um, did I write down which brothers? Gwillem and Owen. Um, they they nope out. Uh, this is about, God, this is not even halfway through the movie. This is about 45 minutes into the movie. Um, they nope out. They're off to America. Um, so now there are four left. Um, Hugh, Hugh the young one, Ivor, and two others. Um, uh, who are the other two? Did I write it down? Yantu and Davy. Um, wow. So there's a few. There's... I'm just impressed at this point. You were, you you still cared enough about this movie that you're writing down character names. Well, I, I think yeah. by this point I was just like Hugh. That's all I care about. There's a lot of really there's a lot of brothers, and they they do almost they they look really similar. They're identical. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> there's the young um, one and then there's the other ones if this was a horror movie they would have been dead by now so you do get a you do get a brief bit of good news here um because the their choir is invited to go and sing to the queen do you yeah. ever actually see them sing to the queen no they don't no they get because the, i remember that part in the movie and they're like oh we're we're off we're off to london now nope they get the invite and they seem to think that's pretty cool. Do they not even go or do they just... If they go, we don't... It doesn't happen we don't see it. on screen. Oh, they, yeah. oh they, they do a practice, don't they? You see them practicing because they're singing. You, do you see, see, see them singing um, God Save the Queen. That's right. I, I, I imagine that that's the end of that. That's the end of that that arc. They get the... That's in, it. They, there's a scene where they get the invited to sing for the Queen and then there's a scene where they're practicing. Yeah, that's all you no need. More is, no more is said or sung about it. I don't know. Like, maybe in the book they go and they go to England and mm. um, they... Uh, sorry, they go to London and they sing for the Queen. Um, but apparently they couldn't afford to make that set. So they, they just scrapped that idea. Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a scene... So about halfway through the movie, there's a scene in a chapel and there is a... Um, uh, there's uh, a, a woman who is what do they what do they call it how that's happening where they they've got like a meeting it's not of the priests but there's there's like a there's like a meeting essentially where they get they're judging some 
judging someone. Oh was, yeah, was judging, judging someone who has been been a bit naughty, um, and they they're judging a woman because she's had a baby out of wedlock and she gets cast out. Oh no! All, the, all of the uh, all of the priests are pretty pretty into that. That they're, they're digging digging on. Ah, uh, they're not Walter judgment. Pigeon. They're digging on that digging on that power, but not Walter Pigeon because he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He has a little morally charged speech. And, um, he tells all those nasty priests what's for. Ang Harrods, Ang Harrods, she's she's on the on the side of the the woman as well. Um, yes. Um, and that's that's a fairly pointless scene, except that it comes back later. Um, there's a there's a callback to it um, involving Ang Harrod herself. Um, the so the next. I feel like you watch this movie a lot more closely than I did. I feel like well, I feel like I'm just running scene after scene, but that's the only way I can think to do it because nothing really ties into anything else. It's just a bunch yeah, of stuff it's happening. So, it's so disjointed. Um, I'm sure, like if you watch it a lot, there's maybe maybe to my you know post '70s film revolution brain, um, everything needs like a A to B to C plot, whereas this is just it feels very disjointed it feels like a collection of vignettes Mm. all shot and edited together where scenes scenes stories happen within scenes like like the scene at the at the church with with the priests um ganging up on that woman who's had a child out of wedlock there's small callbacks to that later but ultimately you could almost come along and cut out 70 percent of this film and you could still have the run through plot of Hugh getting through to the end. Spoiler alert: things do not go well for Hugh's family. Um, and you could get through to the end, and you could have that plot, and it would be a thirty-minute segment. Hmm. That's it. Like things were good, things got shit, things got worse. Well, it's it's, and, it's based on a novel, right? And you get a sense that yeah. that someone read this novel, made a note of what they thought were all the most dramatic things that happened in the novel. And then yeah. they shot those things, yeah. And then they put, put it into they put, put it, it in, in order. I, I bet you that I mean, not having read the book or even looked into it, I bet you this is one of those those tome of a novels, and it's sprawling and it goes across time, hmm. and it, and it happens at at various stages in Hugh's life. He's despite the fact that he doesn't actually appear to be the main character at times in the film. Like they definitely try to make Walter Pitchin the main character. Mm. He's definitely gets top billing, but the, the, the protagonist of this story is Hugh. The, the book is the, the film mm. is happening to Hugh. He, he bookends it. Um, and you know, he loses a brother in a mine and, and spoiler alert for a movie that came out damn near a hundred years ago. Um, the, the, the father dies in the mine too, because shocker, um, that's what happens in mines, um, especially at the turn of the century mines where labor laws weren't a thing. Um, and kids could quite happily go and become child labor in, in mines for virtually no money. You may as well be slave labor. Um, thank God for the labor revolutions later in life. But um, he, yeah, this, this, it's such a, it's such a weird film and it's not, it's not weird good. The, some of the weird. some of the vignettes have their own charm like the the family is the family <clears throat> is somewhat charming i guess like the bando is charming as there's fuck. nice little <laughs> there's nice little touches we're nearly at die bando that's the second time we've, we've teased die bando he's coming die bando. he's coming folks he's oh, so good you just wait that actor <laughs> um so the, I, I kind of, i liked the visit from the mine owner i liked gwillem you know he's caught he's he's got his feet in a bath He's chilling on a Sunday. 
Um, all the boys drinking. All the lads are drinking. The lads are all yep. drinking beers in the kitchen. It's it's Sunday afternoon, um, and the owner of the mine comes and knocks on the door, um, and and he comes in, and Gwilym's got he's got no shoes on. He's had his foot in the he's had his feet in the bath, and oh, this is I mean soaking and, his feet. And this is like Mark Zuckerberg just rolling up to your house, right, and walking <laughs> in and going, "Yo." So yo yo what's up my like, this is this is an immense, <laughs> that's exactly how mark zuckerberg sounds by the way an immensely powerful <laughs> wealthy person just turning up well mark zuckerberg if he was your boss right i guess um so he turns up and uh his son is going to uh going to come and come and woo ang harrod um which is it's hard to tell how anybody feels about it, really. Ang Harrod is obviously kind of bummed because she's still she's still Myron. Oh, but uh, I really like the priest. Still Myron on Griffin, but um, she she goes. All I'm saying she is goes she and, turned up for church on Sundays, folks. She goes. She and, turned up early. She goes and pays pays him a visit, and he he cock blocks her. He sends her off. He's not yeah, a, he's he she not, totally turns up and goes. Is there any is there any reason why I shouldn't go marry this rich dick? And he's just like, yeah, I'm married to the church, so yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> to- totally digging on you, and I'm I'm loving that every time every time we talk, your your shot with Vaseline on the lens. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I'm married to the church. Um, I've got a my work is my life. Upstairs. Yeah, but he's presumably he's like Anglican, so he could get married. But yeah, he. He's not having it. He's well, it's like, yeah, you know, it's not it's not that it's against his religion, but it's a life it's the lifestyle, right? Because he doesn't have yeah. a job, like, uh, and he can't he can't buy her pretty dresses. Yeah, he can't he can't buy her pretty dresses or or, or put food on the table. Um, so he sends he sends her off to to go and live with the rich to go and marry the rich dude, which she duly does, um, and she gets she goes off to um, Cape Town of all places. Um, I, I guess it was quite nice back then because you know they they enforced those the the separation of like white people from from you know the native persons quite yeah. successfully. So yeah, I guess that was, Cape Town probably yeah. kicked a lot of ass a place in, to be in at the 1800s. Time if you were white, yeah, if you were white and wealthy, yeah. and wealthy. Um, so then there's a, <laughs> which then, he was. So we sh- we shift into the next the next of these vignettes, which is this whole sequence, and, and we're here, folks. Good news. The whole sequence with. Um, <laughs> Hugh going to school um, and promptly getting his ass getting his ass by some what? other kid at uh, school. Teacher teacher gives him a hard time. So it suddenly suddenly becomes a completely different movie. Suddenly becomes about Hugh who has done nothing for the first eighty minutes of this movie. He's done jack shit. This movie has happened. And suddenly, 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 he is a character. <laughs> suddenly, he is he has uh, agency. He's going off to school. He's the first person in the family to go off to school. Um, but it doesn't go well. He's it's 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 you know fairly bog standard. Teacher doesn't like me. Teacher gives me a hard time because I'm poor um, and I have to walk from a village five miles away. Boy, my, does the teacher give him a hard my time? My boots, my boots are dirty. The other kids give me a hard time. I'm getting into fights. He gets taught to fight by Di Bando, who we haven't seen up until this point, I don't think. But oh. it turns out that there's this massively interesting guy who used to box and he's got a buddy and they're funny. Um I, and, I like I, I really like wish so they'd been introduced about their names it. Down. 
they really they really should have been introduced about an hour earlier. They, they, prob- <laughs> they probably are, but they, you kind of drift over them. He's but- at the wedding. Is that so the Mando's at the wedding. Yeah. So the the, the 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 movie really lights up when these two are on. They're like, okay, things are happening. Things are happening now. We want to watch these guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they, um, so they teach they teach Hugh to fight, but he fights a kid and he whoops his butt. But um, and because the teacher because the teacher because the teacher catches him fighting, he gives him the cane. Um, and all of the brothers, all of the brothers are shocked, but they don't want to they don't want to deal with it because um they want hugh to be a man and they want hugh to well they they offer to hugh to deal they with offer it, to hugh deal with it like the, the first response of the brothers is that they're going to go down to the school and beat the shit out of the yeah. teacher and and then they're like no 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 hugh has to deal with it like a man um and then somehow or other dibando and his, his drunken friend sci father decide to uh to go and teach the the the, the school teacher a lesson yeah. To teach the teacher so they turn, a lesson. They turn up and they just they they whoop the teacher's ass. Um, <laughs> At the front of the class, in front of the in kids. In front of all the kids, and the kids are loving it. Like none of them are like. There's that one kid who takes off. Like like there's a, um, there's one he he's I think it's a girl. She gets up, she runs out of the room. And that was probably the most genuine reaction I saw. Like fight or flight response from that kid was up and running. Like it's so, a it's a pretty serious beating. The guy's unconscious by the end of it. In fact, he's knocked on. He's knocked down, and the, he's knocked down. He's not moving. And Di Bando sidekick. And he did not get up again. Sidekick picks him up <laughs> so that he can have another crack. And <laughs> so down again. <laughs> then he's down again. Then he stays down. But yes, and then and then that's, <laughs> that's the, quite that's sad, the end really. Of that sequence. That's that's that kind of fifteen minutes. This movie peaks. Then <laughs> <laughs> it does not get better. So it feels like it's going to go somewhere for a second there, um, and so. Um, uh, um, Bronwyn, yeah, has, just, a, Bronwyn just... has a child, uh, but uh, Evor dies in the mine at the same time. So, kind oh, of spoiler alert! Evor dies. Happiness. One, one of the there. interchangeable brothers. Um, and <laughs> Hugh, Hugh, who has always kind of been sweet on Bronwyn, um, he decides he wants to. His response to this is that he's going to ditch school and go and work in the mine because um, he because he wants to go and he wants to go and hook up with hook up with Bron. Oh yeah, um, uh, and he wants to live with her, and he thinks if he's if he's working I'm, in the mine, gonna, if I'm he's working in a... the mine and making some coin, then he'll have a chance with his dead brother's some... widow. <laughs> dead brother's widow put some man meat on his bones. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say though, um, it's very real. I ha- I haven't looked up the age difference here, but um, Anna Lee who plays Bronwyn and Roddy McDowell who plays Hugh are probably closer in age than Walter Pigeon and Maureen O'Hara. Oh, surely. Yeah, if he's 10, there's yeah. no way she's over 30. There's no way she's over 30. Yeah, and um, I thought that was funny. Like, there's, if you feel scandalous about uh, that, then you should feel equally scandalized <laughs> about Walter Pigeon and, and freaking Maureen O'Hara. Yeah. But yes, anyway. So there's a, there's uh, a, a like, there's a, um, a really cool movie called October Sky, um, about it's, um, Jake Gyllenhaal and he's studying rocketry, but he lives in a mining town and he, at one point he gives up rocketry to go and work in the mine. And there's a, a certain kind of as you do. similar quality here where he's, you know, he, this is a kid with potential. No one else in this family has gone to school. No one else has had a, had an opportunity to do anything other than work in the mine. Um, 
and Hugh has that opportunity, but he cho- he chooses not to do it because he wants to be like the rest of his family, and he admires the rest of yeah, his family. Yeah, he actually he actually gets a scholarship, so he's yeah. he's good enough at school that they can so they clearly feel like he can go to the um, to Cardiff, where he can go to finishing school or whatever passes for like high school in in in, in turn of the century Wales, and then from there he can go to university and he can become either a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote that down, lawyer or doctor, that's it. Um, that's all you can be in life if you go to university as doctor or lawyer. Uh, and then I wrote here, World War One is really going to mess with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, fuck it. I don't want any of that good living. I don't want to be no doctor. I don't want to be yeah. no lawyer. I want some black lung. I, Let's do I this. Admire, I admire my family, the honorable Hard working, salt of the earth. Yeah, labor, labor law flouting, socialist uh, hating, good old fashioned capitalists. Even though everything that he has seen, so two two brothers have been fired. They've had to go and live in America. A third brother's just been killed <laughs> in um, the mine with no la- with no safety standards. Yeah, this is the life for me. This is what, this that. is what I'm doing. And um, I want that widow action, yo. Straight after that, Yantu and Davy are fired as well. They're too highly paid. They yep. get given their heave ho. Um, they go to oh, Yantu goes to Canada. Davy goes to New Zealand. Hey, yeah, New Zealand got the shout out. Hey um, yo, and Harrod is in Cape Town, and Owen and Gwilym are in the USA. So this is about this is about ninety minutes through that. She's charting Hugh. It's just Hugh and Beth and um Gwilym senior left in the house essentially um oh, and ang harris she's still there but he's charting on a map where where everyone in the family is it's pretty grim actually um mm. and oh yeah ang harris in cape town because she's married but she comes back mm. she comes back she comes back because uh, the plot, the, the, and it's a scandal needs her to come back it's a scandal because uh spoiler alert astonishingly she's not getting on with the rich douchebag yeah husband. with a rich dick um yeah so she's come home there's rumors that it's going to be divorce um hugh gets into a fight in the mine because someone is dissing on ang harrod and um, i wrote down here um hugh gets into a fight in the mine and he's forgotten how to box <laughs> <laughs> so he is so one one boxing lesson with die bando and um he's able to whoop the bully's ass at school handily um and then uh, by by the by the time he gets into a fight in the mine, he he's forgotten all those lessons. Dibando, yeah. where are you when we all need gone. you most? All gone. Um, so this is where this is where the you get that callback to that meeting in the church of all the priests and the and the judging because Ang Harrod is Ang Harrod gets that treatment at this point because all the rumors have gone around that um, she's uh, requested a divorce. She's trying to get out of this get out of this marriage, and she gets. She gets cast out, and and Grifford gives it to these priests with both barrels. He um, sure does. Um, in his his Atticus Finch moment, um, <laughs> I wrote down here at this point before the internet, there were washerwomen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was how the news, faster than the internet. That was how the news and got just around. as scandalous. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it feel I know it feels I'm sorry to disappoint everybody it really feels like this is building it's probably building to something but there's a cave-in and then Gwilym Senior dies and that's yep, actually that's it that's it 
actually how the movie ends. That's yeah. Uh, I wrote down. I wrote down for that. So my final note, like um, for the for the for the show, as as it's ending, I just wrote down, "Boy, just die already." <laughs> There's so. so Craig and I had a we had a, just off air. We were talking about the movie, and um, uh, Craig was convinced that Ang Harrod and Grifford wind up together. Uh, I didn't mm. get that at all. I thought that is definitely not happening. Those two are not into that. That's there's no way that can go ahead. And and thinking about it, the movie really doesn't tell you either way. Um, no. Uh, so so I think uh, Gwilym, definitely leaves it up to your imagination. Yeah. Gwilym Senior dies in a cave, and as they're all as they're all gathering to go down into the mine, um, Grifford and and Harrod share a, a meaningful look. Um, he, cause he's decided to leave town. He's out. Cause he's going to, he's noping yeah, out. This is why I thought, yeah. Cause he, he says he's leaving and then, um, she looks at him as if to say, is there, is there nothing in this, this green Valley that could make you stay, you know? Um, and he's like, no, I'm off. Um, I've got other valleys to, to fertilize. And, um, <laughs> and, and she's just like, nothing at all could tempt you to stay. These green pastures, this wide open field, <laughs> these huge and he's tracks like, of land. <laughs> is there nothing you would like to plow? <laughs> and he, he's just like, "Damn, woman, I'm out." And then, like, peace out. And then there's a cave-in, and then they all go to the mine. And then all these miners that like go down to the mine all the fucking time because they go to great lengths to show you how dirty they all are at all times coming up in their elevator and none of them go back into the mine the only one who goes into the mine is the fucking priest yeah so he's in the mine looking like because he's been down there all the time he knows where shit is and and dibando for some reason who has gone blind we don't see that oh yeah he went blind probably from all of the He's blind, probably from all of the drinking he's been doing, um, or or the, the punches to the you head. know made with punches to the head. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that great a boxer, but yeah, they go into the mine and they find the father, um, and and he's like, oh boy, um, don't don't make the same mistakes in life I did. Why well, I, I can't remember what he said. By this point, I was basically just writing notes and dunking on this film, but. Oscar winner, how green is your valley? And so that, how green was my valley? And so it ends. So Gwilym Senior dies, and then there's there's just some there's just a, 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 like a close, some closing narration to say, man, shit was really dope before <laughs> it all shit. went. Shit was dope downhill. before it got shit. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> shit a, there's, was dope. there's a kind of and then it wasn't. There's a kind of message that that appreciate appreciate how good you've got it because it's all gonna be. In the toilet. Well, it really was because I mean, it's the the century. Yeah, socialism. Socialism is evil. Um, Also, World War One is coming. So, what happens tomorrow? In our favorite segment, what happens tomorrow? uh, If if Hugh manages to make it through to adulthood without dying in the mine because there's no child labor laws and they can just work you till you die um he uh he, he gets conscripted into into fighting in world war one because he's poor and they come for you first and then he uh probably dies in a trench in fucking france fighting a war he has no fucking clue about because he ended his education when he was nine um barely able to read and write 
doesn't understand a thing about what's going on and how all of Europe is tied into non-aggression and mutual aggression treaty packs and everything's fucked. What there happened, you go. End of what, story. What happened to the Welsh in World War One? I, I assume. I, I presume. I presume they went to war because I, I mean they're part of the United Kingdom. So I, I wonder the, if the, I wonder if the English treated the Welsh any better than they treated the the Anzacs colonies. Uh, probably not. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Not well is how they treated them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking from the colonies, we got the shaft. Oh, that's so. that's what I'm. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel bad assuming that, but. It is. I'm going to make that assumption. I mean, the Welsh, the Welsh and the Irish aren't particularly fond of how they've been treated by the by the crown at all. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a little thing in Ireland called the Troubles. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so things haven't gone well, and, and I'm going to assume the Scottish as well. Except the Scottish should probably, um, you know, kill everything off with bagpipes and kilts. But yeah, nope, not well. Um, <laughs> I like how the Welsh singers in the credits, um, the, the Welsh singers are credited as themselves because fuck you. I'm not writing your names out. <laughs> <laughs> Who did all that lovely singing? Welsh singers, you hang around in the cinema after the film is finished. I want to see who did all that lovely singing, which comprised 90% of this film. Oh, what were their names? Themselves. Fuck you. <laughs> I like how the credits in, in ye olden times were were so short you could literally yawn through them and miss it. Yeah. Well they all get fr- yeah. they all get front loaded and then the, the back end is like oh this come on Done. This, this get is, out this is you're all going anyway, so why should we Whereas roll the with like Avengers Endgame, end yeah. The the credits run for eight minutes. <laughs> Just never ending credits. Everyone got a credit. Yeah. But yeah, this movie, fuck you. Nope. Yeah. I, <laughs> how this one? My God. Jeez, I don't have much to I don't have much to add on this. I think we probably need to wrap this up. What about you? <laughs> I could dunk on this for another ten minutes. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, like, to it's hey, we, should, we should we should what would you do? What what would make this movie better? Is there any is there any anything that beyond like having some sort of through arc some sort of i'd say having like okay sure this movie was made in another time for another audience like it does it was not made for you and i we're used to a very i mean i hate to say it and i don't want to sound derogatory but we're we're very used to a linear plot we're used to um you know the the star wars three act structure every film made since star wars has basically been the star wars Mm. film structure and this is definitely not that mold. And I mean, that's not to say that there aren't films at this time that don't follow that mold, the three-act structure. There definitely was. Citizen Kane follows the three-act structure. Um, I, I I think I've seen Sergeant York. I'm pretty sure that follows a three-act mm. structure as well. It's That's a very weird film. It's front-loaded with all this pacifism because rather famously, Sergeant York was a pacifist. But um, I think ultimately what you need to see is um, to make this film more watchable by today's standards, at least, you would have to have that through line. You'd have to have Hugh going through these segments uh, and um, told more point of view from his from his character. So he it would have to be more of him coming into these vignettes and all these powerful mm. things happening in this village where he's living this idyllic life and threading himself through the raindrops. And But all around him is this 
tumultuous turning of events, um, this this churning point of the world, and he's the fulcrum point. Mm. And um, I think that's the story probably told better in the book, but the film can't get there. And, I mean, this film is beautifully shot. There's so many great shots of people pointing and heads turning and just the, the staging of it. Uh, it's very cinematic. It's it's theatrical, not cinematic. Mm. Um it's it's too early to be cinematic and there's beautiful shots um lined up with the the houses and the and the the factory and the hill and oh it's 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 nice it's it's very old school um but at the same time wow what a watch um i I think just we've talked about we've compared um uh griffith to atticus finch from to kill a mockingbird Um, but to, Mock- to Kill a Mockingbird comes much later than this, right? Yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird's like 1960-something. Yeah, I just looked it up. And so To Kill a Mockingbird is 1962, so it's 21 years after this. But I th- actually yeah. think To Kill a Mockingbird potentially learned a lot from this because it's doing the same thing. It has a, a child looking at an adult story and seeing it through a child's eyes and coming of age, yeah. experiencing yeah. that story as they are coming yeah. of age, what To Kill a Mockingbird has that How Green Was My Valley doesn't is a story that is happening to the children that matches the story that they are witnessing as adults. So you experience right. their their fear of Boo Radley is how they experience the adults' fear of um, what's his name Robinson Tom Robinson yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, I've only ever watched it the once, and yeah. I watched it with you. Really? Yeah. Um, I was um, I was unable to move, and you forced it upon me. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Um, so I think that's <laughs> it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's that's what this is. That's what this is wanting to do. It wants. It wants. You, you, you nailed it. By uh, the way, it is Tom Robinson. It wants Hugh to, Hugh's witnessing this the story and he's learning about oh this is how the world works but he there's nothing to contextualize it to Hugh in his story except that he goes to a school and he gets into fights he mm. learns to so he learns to fight he learns to defend himself he learns to be a man and then someone bigger fights him that's right and that's it and that, see i, I would have thought like in, like in 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 7 minutes in that 7 minute sequence that's Hugh's experience of the events of this movie this yeah. two-hour movie boils down to that seven minute sequence of hugh's life and and that's that's the equivalent of what to kill a mockingbird does uh, as scout observes atticus finch and um and tom robinson and the, the right. and the, the townsfolk yeah, and so, I, I think so you're right. it's not very uplifting. Which I guess to kill no. a mockingbird is not very uplifting either, because that all that all works out pretty badly. Um, <laughs> and they solved racism. Although, although um, I guess in that sense, sorry, I'm taking up a lot of the the airtime here. The in that sense, to kill a, to, to kill a mockingbird, you have so the the Tom Robinson story ends badly, but the Boo Radley story ends well. So it creates mm. a hope that the next generation is going to be better. Where it does, and this movie doesn't family, do that. Yeah, every, everything ends badly. Yeah, the 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 story, the older brothers and the dad, that all ends badly. They all die, or yeah. they lose their jobs they and have die. to leave the family. And then Hugh's story ends badly as well. He's yeah, working well, in the mine. He's given up like school. 
Yeah, what, what, tomorrow, I mean, I, I was, I was being awful earlier, and I'll be awful again now, what happens to him tomorrow? Like, what does he, does he get up and go back to the mine where his dad's just died? Hmm. Does he, does he throw it all in and, and move overseas to, to be with his, to be with his brothers? Well, who's, does, actu- who's um, actually left? So Ang Harrod is back. Yep. This is Ang Harrod Presumably and Beth. she can get, she can, um, sort her, you know, bridge her gap with, with, um, uh walter pigeon and, oh they've got a know, grandson as well so bronwyn's there bronwyn's got a grandson it's really just it's really just the three women ang yep. harrod bronwyn um and beth and hugh beth. and and the grandson evor yeah. evor and bronwyn's son everyone else is, is dead or or abroad moved away yeah and it's not like you can email them and tell them to come home you know it's back in the days where it was sea voyaging it would be months months and months Mm. and months before someone could get home um if they could even come home um but yeah it's not looking good for those people sorry in fact it's looking rather shit (laughs) (laughs) hugh becomes a ward of the state goes to live in an orphanage Oh, Hugh, whatever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is getting silly. We should wrap this up. Um, well, I was just going to say, like, I, I think I think what it does do, and I we've we've praised um, other films for doing similar, um, but it, it does subvert the plot direction several times. Like every time you think you're going to get um, the plot's going to do something it doesn't and that could just be modern expectations where we expect the thing to happen like this is the through line it doesn't do that and whether that's because it's based on a a, a near 100 year old novel and it does it does a thing um for for novel reasons um and it's not like there aren't films that end poorly that are uh, modern films that end poorly that aren't good uh, legends of the fall was the one that i came back to that's a sprawling epic of the same sort of narrative where people you know brothers die and and things don't end well for people and you know ultimately leads to brad Pitt fighting a bear in the woods um that's a good movie um that's a fun movie um i mean it doesn't have to end well for it to be good rocky he loses um he doesn't win the fight that ends but i just this movie is very hard to watch i wonder if there's a if, is there a political thing that would have resonated in 1941 that doesn't really right now like in the fact that this movie it never comes out and says socialism is good in fact the only thing anybody ever says is socialism is terrible but it implies that socialism think, is good and that without socialism you're all going to wind up dead i did read the trivia and that um there was def- it was considered this movie was considered politically motivated at the time so people felt that this movie was making a political statement that mm. was inconsistent with american values at the time which was that mm. socialism was good mm. um and that like labor unions are good like uh and i in the context of this film 100 percent agree so this those is, people need to get a union behind them because they're getting screwed i mean this is 1940 so this is pre america's Pre-red america's scare. america's not involved in world war ii at this point are they they're just getting involved just getting involved yeah hmm. 1940 1941 i think they will have just been 1941 is not a good oh, year for america in the war pearl, i think when's pearl harbor yeah pearl I, harbor I, happens we're not going to know exactly but it's it's yeah it's, it's around that time it was probably brewing at this time yeah yeah it if they weren't the, involved in the war 
yeah, they were about to be fully involved in World War Two. Because when was the so, when was the McCarthy? That was that's post World War Two, right? That's, that's post World War Two. That's yeah. that's Soviet. That's Soviet. That's, that's anti-Soviet. Anti-com. That's anti-communism yeah. more than socialism. Yeah. But but they get wrapped up into they, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Many people from for very many people, socialism does equal communism. Yeah. Which is yeah wrong. They're not the same thing. Yeah. But they are, they anyway. are not capitalism. <laughs> they're not Thus capitalism yeah evil <laughs> yeah i i don't know for, I, the i mean if you want to look at it that way then the the true villain the villain of the piece there isn't really a villain of the piece there is no antagonist the antagonist arguably is the coal miner uh is the coal company are the owners of the coal company mm. they're the antagonist because all of this happens because they cut wages for some arbitrary reason mm. profits we need to make more profits, they say, in their nice tailored suits and mm. um, pretty white dresses. So, coal miners don't get pretty white dresses, Mike. No, they do not get pretty white dresses. Anyway, uh, that's a movie, uh, and yeah. we just talked about it for nearly an hour and fifteen minutes. So, I, I think I know the answer to this question. Is not it, great. Is it verging <laughs> on greatness? No. It's not even, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, close. it's a product of its time. It, it is Best Picture winner from 1941. Is it better than Citizen Kane? No. <laughs> this isn't Kane, probably the Best Picture winner of that year. Yes. Hmm. But, yeah, anyway, not for us. All right. We'll wrap this up. All right. Um, yeah, as always, uh, do all the things. Click the buttons. Um, yeah, there's a like button. I think you click that. You know what you to do. You can repost this. There's a Twitter thing. You can go to that. Yeah, I, I link it everywhere. I mean, our 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 worker elves um, that we don't pay, <laughs> they do it all. Yeah. Craig's cat. <laughs> Craig's Craig's new cat and training them to do the the computers. That's great. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye everyone. Bye we'll see you all. Next time.